Welcome again to another episode of the Review Zoo. I am Andrew McDonald. And, and I'm, I'm Sam Harper. And there you go. I'm joined by Sam Harper. And tonight we have a special guest. Way, way in the past, Review Zoo uh, was a part of Rapture Press, and it still is today. But it also used to be a comic book site, RapturePress.com. So we've brought back one of our original artists and one of our original creators, Edlin Gerard. He joins us here tonight. Hey, everyone. So yes, Edlin is going to be here tonight, uh, talking comic books and movies and games and random things with us. So how is everybody on this uh, July 3rd? Gerard, go first. Yeah, oh, pretty good, pretty good. Excited for this weekend. Um, gonna see Spider-Man tomorrow morning. Yes. Yeah, I'm catching a matinee, you know, because, you know, I like watching movies with the geriatric crowd. And uh, much cheaper, obviously, but, you know. There's <laughs> nothing but, wrong uh, And ain't nothing wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you, Sam? I uh, have bronchitis. So, um... There you go. There's that. You got bronchitis. Mm-hmm. Oh, damn. How did you get bronchitis, <laughs> Sam? I love too much. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to That's see a good way you, of getting it. I wanted to see if you'd say something that would get you in trouble. That's why I mainly asked, you know. Yeah, no tricks for me. <laughs> <laughs> and I think tomorrow I'm going to find myself in New York City at my brother's for the 4th of July. So I get to drive in. That'll be great and fun. And Are you going to drive in to New York City on not, July 4th? Not being sarcastic Good luck. at all. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, he lives right next to the Lincoln Tunnel, so I'm hoping that, you know, if there's a god and he actually likes me for tomorrow, I can get in, I can get out, and I can get out. But, yeah. I'm getting in there around 12.30, hopefully. That'll be early enough. But I'm going to pray for you, darling. We'll pray for uh, you. I'm just going to pray that Waze knows what it's doing. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so, we, we both mentioned, we all mentioned Spider-Man a little bit. Um, well, at least I, I did, and I'm planning to see it Friday. Um, as soon as this cold works up, I'm, I'm going to go see it. Yeah, it's come out, and I know that Ed doesn't know the spoiler about that post-credits, and you and I do. So, you know what? We'll save it to the end of the show because I don't want to have to force anyone to make a choice right now uh, listening to us. <laughs> so we'll Thank save you. I appreciate that. I only just want to talk about a character that appears in it. They don't appear in the rest of the movie, but they appear in the cool credits. But we'll talk about that later. So, uh, movie news. Because we'd like to start with movies, and of course the one thing we really start with is trailers because trailers are never ending. Um, the last trailer for The Rock's new... Uh, Fast and the Furious spinoff, Hobbs and Shaw, came out this week, starring also him and Jason Statham and Idris Elba. Uh, I just saw it a few minutes ago, and as I said, it felt aggressive. Have you guys seen this? Yeah, I mean, I I feel the same way, to be honest with you, but um, I, look, it's it's not really going to stop me from watching the movie. It's it's I love action movies, and you know, Fast and Furious movies are over the top, so... You know, might as well be aggressive, right? Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not going to stop me, but whew, it was it was, it was heavy. It was, I mean, is it going to suck? Is it going to suck? Is the movie going to suck? I mean, Define suck. The, yeah. Like, that, suck is the eye of beholder. Are you going to be entertained? Yes. Do you? Are you trying to find, like, an uh, award-winning plot? No. 
does it star the most electrifying man on the planet? Yeah. Yeah, it sure does. <laughs> it, does. it stars the rock. So I mean, it's uh... Oh, I thought we were talking about Idris Elba, but maybe I was. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. I would... Idris is good, but I mean, The Rock did have that title before. We knew who he was, so it kind of feels like it still falls to him. Yeah. Till he okay. relinquishes it. Not sure. I, I don't know how you guys feel about this whole Black Superman um, backlash that we're getting. What was uh, there backlash? Oh no, there's backlash. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like uh, I've been hearing news about how there's this backlash about mm-hmm. you know people not liking. Idris Elba saying that line in the movie, um, I'm the Black Superman. And I, I don't think a lot of people realize there is a Black Superman in the comics. There is. So I think there's, it's for the general audience, you know, it's it's another thing to get angry about with this movie and this franchise. You know, who knows? I mean, if they're going to get angry about that, they'd be very angry about Black Superman, who's basically Barack Obama but black. Pretty much. Pretty <laughs> much. Pretty much. They, they would be extremely upset to find out about him. Pretty he, much, he exists, y'all. He he he's exists in the super Superman verse. Um, but yeah, Hobbs and Shaw. So it's coming out August second. Um, obviously, if you don't like the Fast and Furious and you don't like Jason Statham, and you don't like The Rock, you're probably not interested in this. But if you like any combination of those three or individually, you might want to see it. And you have till August second to decide. But the rest of the world probably will see it without you. So you know, might as well suck it up. Might as well. And I keep bringing this up, but they said that if the movie goes well, which I'm assuming it will, they're already in talks of bringing Idris Elba's character back. So there's good chance that this guy nice. end up being one of their on their team. So it'll be the three of them going so, around doing so like be, ridiculous stuff. So he'll basically be sure, like started a bad guy. No, somewhere in between. Right. Yeah. Uh, right. Hashtag justice for Han, because uh, I feel as though people just keep yeah, hand waving yeah. the fact that Han. Who was in a bunch of those movies killed was by killed Shaw. by Shaw. Yeah. R.I.P. R.I.P. Brother. That seems unforgivable. I mean, if Vin Diesel starts hanging out with Shaw and you know inviting him to the cookout, it's about the end there. Somebody needs to slap. <laughs> yeah. Know, Toretto across the face and be like, "What about Han? <laughs> what about family? Yeah. See. See. Familiar. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. <laughs> but speaking of uh, people being upset by black things, um. Segway. Uh, I just saw this today, and you found it, Sam. So I'll let you take it. Uh, so we've got the cast for um the Little Mermaid, and I gotta be honest with you, I didn't see this one coming. I didn't because see it we got a Black Little Mermaid, mm-hmm. like a a Black Little Mermaid. Now, I've seen Little Mermaid a bunch of times because you know I was a child, and that was a Disney movie that was near and dear to all of our hearts. It's what you watched. Yeah, it has nothing to do with the fact that she was wearing a clamshell bra and I was an impressionable No, child. no, of course not. Come on. Of course not. But, you know, I'm, I gotta be set, I gotta be honest, I'm a little, stuck, I'm a little uh, stoked for this, because, you know, I have this thing about, like, and this is gonna be a small segue, but I have this thing about, like, race, like, when they have, like, a person that usually was white in, the, in one form of thing, and then they redo it, and they pers- change the person to color, change the person to color, or vice versa. As, right. I, I felt as always, as long as it doesn't affect the story, yeah, then it's, it's quite all right. Like when Johnny Storm was cast as Michael B. Jordan back in that horrible remake, Fantastic Fantastic. Yeah, that one. I didn't think it really mattered because they were making him adopted, so it was like it doesn't matter whether or not he was black or white. It was just 
Yeah. I mean, no, he wasn't adopted. It, was, it doesn't matter if he was black or white, because like he was half. just a hot. Yeah. yeah, he was just a you know a hothead. You know, hothead could guy who likes to drive cars and do fun stuff, and that was all that stuff. Exactly. Just like when they did Annie and they made her black. When they do like, if you were to like make you know Black Panther white, that'd be wrong because you know he's from Wakanda, and that was like a whole thing built into that. Hell, his name too obvious. Black. Yeah, right. You Seems know? a bit much. I feel well, like. I... Go ahead. Oh, no. Well, I was going to ask you this because, like, oh, this is very interesting. Is this going to be, like, double standard or a case of double jeopardy where, like, people just won't care about this? Because, like, we're, we're having a situation with anime, and, you know, I'm a huge anime fan, where, like, you know, we have these exactly. li- live-action movies, and they are... People are upset that some of these main characters, these protagonists, are being played by Caucasians or you know people other of uh, of other descent. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Oh, like, so you're talking about like Ghost in the Shell when Major Kusanagi was played by Scarlett Johansson. Correct. Um, correct. You, you know her name was Major Kusanagi, right? Yeah, I, I do know that, but um, I mean, like, people are going back and forth for this. And honestly, her name was Major Kusanagi, but she's a soul inside of a android body and to be right. fair so she could have been anybody and to be fair when the people in japan who made this were asked they were like we don't give a fuck yeah they don't really care they were like we don't give a shit this doesn't this doesn't bother us this is an american movie we actually don't care you know, so I, the, I don't know i don't know I, like are we are we heading towards you know like we just don't care about what happens with these characters or uh, that's a genuine question it's it, honestly, I think it's a case by case basis. Can I it really depends. One thing: uh, if you remember the Little Mermaid, he had a lot of daughters. If you remember what all those daughters looked like, some of them oh. did not look white; they were not the same. Yeah, so, true. To be fair, any one of them could have been Ariel had they found some dingle hoppers and started collecting human trash, and fell in love with a human on the. And fell in. It just happened to be this one. So, I'm just yeah. saying, That's any one of them daughters could have been Ariel. Yeah. Well, uh, shout out to Haley Bailey. Uh, Hale Bailey. Uh, she's from Gronish, and she's mm-hmm. also a singer who signed to the same label, who was apparently a protege of Beyonce. I didn't know that, but yeah, oh, Hale Bailey. Shout out to you. You're going to be the new Ariel. Um, All right. Disney. Uh, sorry, Holly Bailey. Holly Bailey. Yeah, Holly Bailey. That seems yeah. unfortunate. In a way. That's not going to get confusing. Um, Halle Berry, Halle Berry, But yes, Halle Berry. Uh, it's going to be produced by uh, what's his name, Marshall, Marshall. Uh, I can't remember. Rob Marshall. It's going to be produced by Rob Marshall. It's going to star Aquafina, <laughs> Jacob Tremblay, Melissa McCarthy. Tell her I hope she clears up her throat. Uh, <laughs> John DeLuca, Mark Platt, and Lin Manuel Miranda is also going to be in. And it's going to go into so, production uh, in uh, twenty twenty. Cool. Everyone who's basically in right now in Hollywood. Yeah. That, it, that sounds pretty good. It's going to be a big movie. Please, 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 please do not cast Aquafina as Sebastian. I swear <laughs> to everything I love. If y'all make Aquafina Sebastian. I mean, I could see her being Flounder, maybe. Yeah, I could see that. They've oh already said Melissa McCarthy probably is going to be what's his face? Um, Ursula. Ursula. But let's see. What's what Jacob Tremblay look like? Jacob Tremblay looks like. Uh, he looks like a little boy, so he's going to be Flounder. That's for sure. <laughs> he's definitely a little boy with a little boy's voice. Um, so this tells me they haven't cast Sebastian yet. Or they I, have, and it's Aquafina. 
Don't be Aquafina. You don't need oh. Sebastian to be Aquafina. I mean, I kind of want to hear Aquafina do a Jamaican accent now. I I kind of don't Aqu- want that. Aquafina. It's actually been confirmed. She's playing Scuttle. Okay. She is the seagull. Oh, she's the seagull. She's the seagull. Oh, I hated the seagull anyway, so that works well, out. I mean, I don't hate lot. Aquafina. I just yeah. No, everyone well, hated yeah. that seagull. He was he was terrible. Yeah, that was the whole point. He was terrible. She's annoying as all crap. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so what we have yet to find out what person will be cast as a Jamaican or what person will be cast to break a Jamaican accent. But we'll find out, I'm sure, shortly in the next year. Okay. And they will I'll cross my fingers. Under the sea. That's what it's got under the water. That's what it's lucky down in the monkey under the sea. We're going we're gonna to stop this now. Okay. okay. Um, so next on our movies list, we have Captain Marvel 2. Apparently a villain has been found out for it. Yeah, now this is again with a little grain of salt, but we they think they have the villain for it. It is um, Mike Korvac. Yeah, uh, Andrew, do you know Michael Korvac well? Because I got to be honest with you, I don't. Yeah, yeah that's 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 reaching deep into the uh, barely Marvel um, universe. As there, I say he yeah. has a long, complicated history. The character is half human and half supercomputer who has godlike powers. This includes the ability to absorb power and manipulate matter at a whim. Uh, the majority of his power comes from the Power Cosmic, which he'll undoubtedly use against Captain Marvel. He has a history with both Galactus and the Badoon. Um, so yeah, uh, he's going to the Power Cosmic, travel to Earth with the goal of making it into his version of Utopia. Blah, blah, blah. Um, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. So, Korvac is uh, going to be her villain, which... Um, doesn't throw me, but it also kind of makes a lot of sense because Captain Marvel too strong, y'all. Really, way too strong. She kind of feels like she is way too strong after Captain Marvel and the Avengers movies. That like she can't fight regular people. She pretty much overpowered Thanos off rip. If it wasn't for the fact he thought quick enough to take out the Power Stone and quick hit sucker puncher, she would have had him right there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, agreed. And I mean, uh, I mean, honestly, I think this is sort of like a gateway for, you know, Marvel Studios sort of like introduce, you know, Fantastic Four, Galactus, you know, all, all that mess, pretty much. This is oh, this yeah. is basically. Oh, this is exactly. This is definitely them going more cosmic with their things. If you combine this with all the stuff that has been going on recently, you can see that they're definitely aiming more towards the cosmic type of scheme, and Fantastic Four will fit right in there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they got to go cosmic. So, Corvac um, again, not super interesting, but neither was Whiplash in Iron Man Two. True. And I loved Whiplash. It worked out all okay. Um, you know, uh, Ego wasn't necessarily my top choice for a villain either, but they made a decent story around Ego. Uh, yeah, it's working out, and we'll see what happens with you know Black Panther Two and other ones. And from yeah. what I'm. Yeah, one one last thing. What I'm hearing a lot from from the stuff that I found on Marco Carvec is that he's a, he's very much tied to the Cosmic Cube. Yeah. Do, okay. Do you think that that will be this saga's MacGuffin? Like this will be the no. Infinity Gauntlet, so to speak. You no. don't think so? I don't. I don't think it's going to be the Cosmic Cube. You know, cosmic, I I, uh, I really believe that they they're going. Uh, they have so much to expand on now that there's all these different realities and. 
you know, the whole the whole time travel thing didn't didn't make any sense to begin mm-hmm. with because you know they tried to explain it. I think that was the problem. They tried to explain it, <laughs> and they shouldn't have. Um, but I mean, with the multiverse and different timelines and different realities, I, I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I doubt it's going to be another Infinity Gauntlet or anything yeah, like that. That's, that's the only reason know? I don't think uh, Cosmic Cube because it's it's, yeah. it's it's honestly too close to Infinity Gauntlet. It's arguably roughly the same kind of device you use it and you literally can do anything once you have one that's yeah. what i'm thinking what if because we know we um uh the russo brothers have confirmed that the infinity stones aren't actually destroyed in our universe well, mm-hmm. you know the right. main universe they're actually just dropped down to their tiniest forms like to atoms what if they get formed and smushed all together into one cube like form perhaps mm. i guess mm. I mean, I could see that. I could see that, but it's gotta I mean, be down the road. I feel like then they have to be creative with it. Yeah, it has to be real creative, so it doesn't feel like the Infinity Gauntlet all over again and a little bit further down the road. I kind of feel like because it, it would just feel too similar right now. And they've yeah. got to they've got to move past all that and you know establish all the new characters they're starting to build. Mm. That's right. It's probably maybe, gonna be like maybe. that's probably more of a Phase Six type of thing or Phase Five. Mm. And honestly, the yeah, Cosmic Cube always felt like a a thing the Red Skull used. So whether or not he'd come back for real, um, it kind of feels like that would be the way to do it with him, if anybody else. Yeah, I, I wouldn't sleep on that happening. You know, it's there's too much of him in the last few Avengers movies to, you know, put him to sleep for good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I think they'll bring him back. Yeah, he'll go good with uh, you know Falcon Cap. So can't be too bad. Well, let's see. We actually didn't have a lot of movie stuff this week, so hey, that's not so bad. Um, so we will move on to TV, TV things, and TV has Netflix buying something else. Uh, buying what? It's uh, getting a Sandman TV show. Uh, they didn't really buy it, I guess, but they're going to be producing a Sandman TV show based on Neil Gaiman's Sandman, um, a comic book that has been around for i don't know about 20 20 30 years almost maybe and um and yeah just became part of the canceled vertigo line which is the most interesting thing to me because they just canceled vertigo comics last week dc comics and then this week they announced netflix is doing a sandman tv show in conjunction with neil gaiman I think that's more Neil Gaiman trying to get a Sandman movie, um, TV show or movie made, and less DC trying to work with Netflix on anything. Yeah. I guess the question is, does Neil Gaiman have the rights to Sandman, or is it Warner oh, Brothers? I he, feel he like does. it's Warner Brothers. I, I think Neil Gaiman has the rights to it. I think that was one of his big things. Like, he kept the rights to that. Before. I don't know if that's true, because this is the this is basically the saying the Hollywood... Uh, reporter cites sources who say Sandman TV show would be DC's most expensive TV foray ever, and one that DC's sister company HBO, under the Warner Media umbrella, passed on. It reportedly wasn't in consideration for Warner Media's planned streaming service, as selling it to a third party such as Netflix would bring an additional revenue up front than internally. Um, so I don't know if they then sold it or if it's just been picked up by them. But Netflix's option, DC's The Sandman, is a live action show. So maybe Netflix bought the rights to it right now dc still owns it it doesn't sound like it's creator owned though it doesn't sound like gaming has it i don't know i i'm, I'm kind of leaning on uh sam with this one like i feel like this is never going to happen first of all number one <laughs> um no, not for nothing happen. 
Diamond's been trying to make a TV show or a movie for the for Sandman series for Since like the 90s. The 90s. Yeah. Yeah. It's never gonna happen, guys. I mean, it's Netflix picked it up. I have to assume and Netflix, and, Netflix and, has money. They they're doing it. I mean, it was canceled in other capacities. It's going to get canceled as soon as it premieres on Netflix a year later. So, that's, uh, but that's I mean, it'll be made at least. It'll be made. I mean, this it might be. be it might be made. It might be made. Mm. I I have no hope for this. I've been <laughs> I've been looking for a Sandman TV show slash movie for yeah. God knows how long. Right so now it says that Gaiman, David S. Goyer, and Alan Heinberg are bringing this to Netflix. Uh, Alan Heinberg is. Behind Wonder Woman, ABC's The Catch, and Grey's Anatomy, he's going to be the showrunner. Gaiman created the original comic book, will executive produce alongside David S. Goyer. And oh, God. I know okay. Goyer's name, but I can't remember what the hell he's done, but I know it's big. I know he's done lots of big shit. Wasn't that, that wasn't Superman, right? I mean, the Smallville, right? Uh, you might be right. You might be right. It might be Smallville. Goyer, whose Goyer. TV credits include Sci-Fi's Krypton and NBC's Constantine. Yep. So he did those two things, at least recently. Yeah, I feel as though he also did Smallville. I think that was that his claim. Sounds kind of familiar. I'm just going to. I know his name is related to Superman. I know it's definitely DC, and I'm pretty sure it's Superman. And I okay, think it was so Smallville. Okay, so things he's been involved with: Man of Steel, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight, mm-hmm. Superman movie, Krypton, Batman Begins. Uh, these are things Goyer's been involved with: Blade, Blade Trinity, Da Vinci's Demons, Constantine TV show, Blade Two, Ghost Rider: Spirits of Vengeance, Terminator: Dark Fate, Jumper. Uh, yeah, he's been involved in a lot of movies. He, he gets what? around. Not Smallville. Surprise. Not Smallville, but he gets around. So he's, he's done a lot of DC stuff, too. Um, so yeah, David S. Okay. When you go to David S. Goyer's IMD page, you see a picture of him. And you see a picture of a woman in a very low-cut top screaming. So. Okay. David S. Goyer. Um, and he's doing the Masters of the Universe movie. Okay, I mean, I see that getting made definitely. And a oh yeah, movie, apparently he's, uh, he's uh, writing. <laughs> this will be the eleventh Hellraiser movie. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised if they got if they got made. I mean, I mean if, the if last Hellraiser, the, movie. the last Batman's and Godzilla and other things. Maybe they're making a they're making a Masters of the Universe movie. It's yeah. Man and the Masters of the Universe. Of course, they're making Masters of the Universe. When you say Masters in the Universe, you're only talking about He-Man anyway. So don't 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 correct that. Hey, by the power of Grayskull, it's coming. <laughs> That's all that matters. <laughs> exactly. We have She-Ra. We're gonna get He-Man back soon. The most powerful man in the universe. Can we get a Thundercats? Let's stop playing around, guys. I mean, please. I want a Thundercats movie. It's oh my probably God. on its way. Honestly, it's got. They're be. making a Cats movie, so why not just make a Thundercats oh, movie too? We just remembered about that. Now we talked about that last week. I don't want to remember that. Yikes. I would really appreciate a Thundercats movie. And I think the black community would too. (laughs) I think black community has a serious love for Thundercats for some weird reason. It's because Panthro was black. Panthro was black. That's why. So black. He was the first black superhero cartoon character outside of Mr. T. Maybe Uh, Fat Albert, who had adventures too. Fat Albert was not a superhero. I mean, he had fantastical adventures. He lived, he hung out in a garbage dump. He was like 500 pounds and could run around the neighborhood. He had Mushmouth and his other gang friends. Just he had quick feet. Adventures. He had quick feet. Just because yeah, you have adventures doesn't make you a superhero. Again, he was 500 pounds and running around the neighborhood. He should have had a heart attack a long time ago. He wasn't 500 mm. pounds. He was like a good... Did you... Dude, look at a picture of Fat Albert. He must have been five hundred pounds. He was. He was. If he was five hundred pounds, he would have been walking right. He's. He's more like. Three. Look, I don't think Fat Albert ever walked right, but he was huge. 
He was goddamn. Yo, look. I need you to look up a picture of Fat Albert right now. I've looked up a picture of him right now. He is ridiculously huge. He goes beyond obese in this picture. He goes beyond. It's Fat obese. Albert and the Cosby Kids. You see him standing next to these other Cosby Kids. There are oh, normal damn, sized yeah. people here. He's like seven foot five, five hundred pounds. He's like the Big Show. If the Big Show is oh. more out of shape. No, but you're right, Andrew. Um, uh, he's a little bit of a track star. I mean, yeah. this, this dude, this dude could run. This dude should not even be able to get himself to the dump, let alone get himself out the dump after he get there. The only thing and he so your answer is, is that it has to be superpowers. I mean, goddammit, if it's not superpowers, then he should have died from obesity a long time ago. Hey, hey, hey. I'm All having right. a heart attack, y'all. I'm about to start taking offense to this because now... <laughs> I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just saying, man. He should have died. I don't know what Bill Cosby was selling him, man. I don't know. This is something really been wrong. <laughs> Maybe right. we should have been warned about him back then when we saw this. We shouldn't have been as enthused. We should have been like, wait, what's going on? You're right. That was the clue. It was the clue. This was the clue. It's like, wait, did Bill sell us these guys as role models back in the day? No. There's something ain't right about this. <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I, I mean, physics says that this isn't right, so I guess it has to be superpowers? I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and find this show and watch it. I haven't seen it in a long time. I think I'm going to have to watch and see what's going on with Fat Albert. Because this is a bit more ridiculous than I thought. Um, All right. So, I think the two of you watched Game of Thrones. I did not. And was that that a, uh, you know, personal choice? Or you just... You you know, know? I just never got a chance to watch it. And then... um, it got you to know, season eight. It got to the end, and then I was like, "Maybe I'll watch it when it's all said and done." And everybody was just like, "We're so disappointed." Right. And I was like, "Eh, it was about dragons. I get it." What? Well, what? Well, don't you? Don't you wonder why we're all so disappointed? I mean, I do, but I can take your word for it. I don't need to have you ever watched any? Have you ever watched any of the Harry Potter movies? I've watched all of them. Okay, so basically, think of it like this: because I, I read this as a comment, this would this would be the equivalent of. They building up to the fight against Voldemort. They have the fight against Voldemort like in the first half hour to an hour of the movie, and then like, they go back to go fight Slytherin for yeah, the Quidditch, just, Quidditch Channel finals. Yeah, for the Quidditch finals. trash, pretty much trash the rest of the movie. You're just like what the, the what was the but like you Tell find out right. and Harry doesn't kill Voldemort. It's like uh, it's like, Neville Longbottom. No, not even Neville Longbottom. It's more like um Ron. Who would be a good no no? I need someone like. Like, the, like, like Dean, like Dean, the guy with dreads. Like um, you didn't, like you, yeah. th- that wasn't even on your radar. Dean Checkable, yeah, yeah. Like you, you didn't even knew the guy. You didn't even know the guy was going to be. I'm like, surprised I remember so many of his names. <laughs> yeah, Harry Potter had the magic. He did, he did. But I mean, you know, literally, it was what the third to last episode. They defeated the main villain of the entire story. Spoilers. Yeah, and um. um you know, it, it was just garbage after that. It was just straight garbage. They hyped everything up. They did. And then they just let it down. Yeah. Well, yeah. apparently, if uh, you're, you're let down, you have a chance to uh, voice those opinions. Because it looks like the showrunners are going to be at San Diego Comic-Con on July 19th. Oh, yeah. I am quite familiar of it. Um, yes. The Free Folk, which are responsible for the more accurate uh, Season 8 spoilers are currently hosting a discussion on the showrunner's appearances, and it seems more than a handful are ready to face them with vengeance. 
I am actually a part of that Reddit because I've obsessed with I've been obsessed with Reddit for the last year. And that was one of the communities I followed because I follow communities for shows I watch. Free Folk is a great community if you want laughs and you want honest opinions on shows and people just making jokes about being one of the wildlings. And they are like been like secretly planning a whole host of stuff to go at at, at the San Diego Comic Con because they hate D and D and how they ended the series and they're just trying to figure out what's the best way to get at them. Some of them think about um, dressing up as like one of them characters and carrying the shame bell and going, shame, shame, shame. There's going to be someone doing that. Almost definitely. But but isn't there some genuine like anticipation of what they might, you know, reveal at this panel? Like, you know, they're, they're talking be- about prequels and stuff like that, so. I think this is more for like their Star Wars stuff too. Okay. That too, they're jumping to Star Wars. Yeah. Who's got music? Sorry, guys. Ads okay. like to play in the background. I see. <laughs> All right. Those are catchy ads. Heck yeah. I have no idea what ad it was for, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> Reminded me of those old, you know, Spanish. Uh, call 877-655-1300 something something for Optimum now. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that chick got a lot of business. She was good. Um, so yeah, I don't know if anyone cares, but yeah, they're apparently planning uh, an intervention or a thing with these creators since they're going to be at San Diego Comic Con because it sounds like the perfect place to go once everybody hates your thing and you just sent them two months earlier, and they're still, uh, you know, feeling butthurt about it. It's going to be bad. I think everyone feels butthurt about it because it eight seasons and there's been like a year and a half waits between them some of them so it's like you put into like eight to ten years of this yeah of this show and it's one of the i mean it's one of the slowest shows at some points just like just really slow so you're just all of us has been building and building and building and then phrasing yeah god nice but you do all of this and you get to season eight and then it's it's just disappointing, you know? Mm-hmm. You're expecting a lot more, and they kind of rushed everything. They just they knew where they were supposed to be at the end, and they just didn't know how to get there. And right. I think the real person to blame out of all of this is R.R. R. Martin. George R.R. Martin. I agree 1,000%. He's yeah. just an old man taking his time. He didn't want plan for all this TV show stuff. He was just trying to write a book to the best of his ability. Yeah, but he wasn't mind getting paid for all this. Where TV he voraciously... And eloquently described heaving bosoms. Yeah, but you know he secretly what he was thinking. All right, I'm gonna let them try to develop their own ending, <laughs> crash and burn, and then and now his will be better. My book is gonna sell like hotcakes. Yeah, his will be better now. It's great. He's, he knows what I'm, doesn't work. I'm making a prediction. The hmm. books never come out. I agree. Oh, I, the I final series I doesn't come out. Come out I, I'm not. I'm. I don't. I'm not wishing anything bad on George R. R. Martin. I'm not saying he's gonna die or anything. I just have like a feeling he's. I just have a feeling, <laughs> if, you, if the viewers can't see, I'm throwing a dirty look at Andrew. Yes. I just think that he's n- something's going to happen and he's not going to be able to finish the book and the book is going to be finished by somebody else and we'll never actually know how he wanted to end it Why off the world. are you wishing frostbite on his fingers? I'm not wishing on anything. I'm just saying I have this sneaking suspicion this is not going to go the way we all, like all things, it's not going to go the way we think it's going to go. Mm. Mm. I see. That seems... That's depressing. It just seems uh, wrong in some way, like you're 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 hoping for badness, but 
I'll take your word for it that you're not. I'm not. But no one believes you. I see that. <laughs> Anywho. That, that is all the TV and movie stuff. So now we're going to move on to games because we don't talk about games often. But we got some stuff that's gamey and kind of related to comic books. Like a live action Final Fantasy TV show. That's coming. <laughs> Developed by Square Enix, Sony Pictures, and uh, it's based off the Final Fantasy XIV universe, which, Ed, you know quite a bit more about than I do. Yeah, I mean, um, uh, this is a fantastic game. I just can't seem to get anyone else to play it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's really good. I mean, honestly, statistically, it's probably one of the best MMOs out there, if you're into I would argue that. Yep. MMOs. Um, and you know it's well done they come out with like new updates pretty much every every month to expand the story and then every year there's a huge expansion and um i mean it it really is a a great game but with this said you know i was looking through this news and i gotta say i'm pumped (laughs) i'm pumped and surprised i mean it's a fantasy live action job and i saw this coming Usually with like you know video game movies and TV shows whatever I I don't I I set the bar very low you know I have low standards but with this I'm very excited because it's the same people that are doing The Witcher and The Expanse on Amazon and The Expanse and The Expanse was incredible I mean I didn't read the books it's not done right incredible it's not done yet it's on Amazon people are People say that that's like the sci-fi Game of Thrones, and so that makes me very excited about it. And I found check it out. It's really. I found no one who hates it. No one person. It's really good, and um, I, if they if they use maybe I don't know seventy percent of the budget that they give those shows to this Final Fantasy show, then I'll be happy because I mean. You're you're gonna have to have sprawling landscapes. You're gonna have to have a, a decent amount of CG. You're gonna have to have uh, decent amount of acting because you know Square Enix games, Final Fantasy games, they're fairly deep in story. So I, I mean, they have their work cut out for them, but I'm actually pretty excited for it. I think the the, the I guess the turning test for this will be when we see stills of what the chocobos look like. Yeah, <laughs> and I, th- that's not a joke. That's actually like um, depending on how the chocobos look will dictate how we feel about this because if they put that real budget in and those look like actual giant horse birds then you know right. yeah <laughs> it's true but yeah so yeah i mean it's, uh, it's a good announcement um kind of like i said i don't think anybody saw it coming it's going to incorporate characters from the 32 year history of final fantasy and elements so you might see characters pop up from other Bert. games that don't belong but we're gonna see we're gonna see Sid, which is you know a mainstay in every single Final Fantasy game. Mm-hmm. There's yeah. always a character named Sid, always. so that should be pretty interesting. I I hope it's or they choose as an actor. I hope it's you know someone well known for that that well, character. I imagine but, several actors probably at that point, but yeah, yeah. For that character in general. Um, but yeah, Ben Lusting and Jake Thornton have been signed on as writers and executive producers who unfortunately I don't know anything about, but I'd have to look them up. Um, a timeline for the show's production hasn't been specified or where it's going to air yet, but it is coming. This comes as two new Final Fantasy games were announced also this month, which Final Fantasy VII Remake and the remastered Final Fantasy uh, IX were also announced at E3 uh, this month. Was it nine? Uh, yeah, IX, nine. Yeah. 
Yeah. Wait, was was nine the pirate or nine Leon or Squall? Leon and Squall are eight. Yes, nine oh. was oh Zidane. Zidane. Yeah, the the Sky Pirate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I never played that one actually. A little it's bit good. of it. It's good. I never played nine and never played twelve. I'm actually about to get twelve because I never got to play that one for whatever reason. I, th- I think I played seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah. Played them all. About that. <laughs> that's probably Damn. the order I played too. So I'm still working through fifteen. Don't have kids. You won't ever finish anything. Um, <laughs> yeah. 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 I have a lot of games to finish, and uh, no time to do it because sleep is rare and frightening. Um, but yeah, so that's... That was impressive. <laughs> well, we have more Square Enix news, so I guess we could jump into the fact that they're making an Avengers game. And it's coming out, I believe, next year. Did you guys get to see this footage? Or no? This trailer? Oh, yeah, I yeah. saw it. With the characters who don't look like Avengers, but do look like Avengers? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that was they wanted everyone who played it to be able to recognize them, so they used the, the like the models for the movies. They're like reading their faces. I, oh, oh, and we can't afford their faces. Yeah, that's basically what it, I, that is almost one hundred percent what that is. Like you just can't afford. Like you want to pay us know a what million dollars. Uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s face costs to use, motherfucker. No, probably a grip. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's Marvel, baby. I mean, they got money. No, I'm sure they can Square Enix, they're not paying. Square, Square has to pay for it. And, you know, Disney's like, uh, we we license this to you. You've already paid us. We have the deal that you give us a cut of this after a certain amount, but uh, everything else is you guys. You know. But yeah, um, they have the who's who of basically uh, voice actors who are going to be voice acting from Nolan North to Troy Baker and others. Um, they have a game. That will let you play as Captain America, Iron Man, the Hulk, Black Widow, and Thor. Sorry, Hawkeye. <clears throat> He's coming. He's coming. He's uh, going to be a DLC, probably. Probably, but you know, you didn't make. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like being invited to the party after they realize they don't have enough people to fill the seats. What is with that? Why do they keep, you know, leaving that leaving him out? Because you know, they got relevant. Widow. They got Widow. It's like she can shoot yeah. a gun. He just shoots arrows. Yeah, that's. Actually, that's exactly what I was about to say. Because it's like you have Black Widow and you have Hawkeye, and they pretty much do the same thing. Except one of them is a chick, and the rest of the team is dudes. So you kind of need a chick to set it off. So just it's a sausage party. Let's get her. Yeah, I mean, you have Black Widow shooting guns and like her like poison dart bolt thingies, and you have Iron Man in his arms and like his his whole body is a weapon. So why would you need someone who shoots arrows? I mean, yeah. nothing. I have love What's for Hawkeye. What's he going to do when he runs out of arrows? Shoot more arrows? No, he's going to yeah. run around and punch things. He's got to <laughs> run around. He's got to turn his stick. he got to turn his arrow, like his uh, bow, into a bow staff and try to fight people and get creamed by, like, Black Panther. What's he he doesn't do? have a Run up to people and ask for his arrows back so he can shoot more? No, no I'm sorry. I don't know. Uh, he's got to be one of the more <laughs> relatable characters well, in Marvel movies, to be honest no, with he you. Doesn't. They use them as the human I don't, point. I, in the, the I don't have three kids in a farm. But you, you saw through him. You saw what he lost. You were you were given that to struggle with. He he was there in Avengers two to help Scarlet Witch become an Avenger to tell her what she had to do. You know, so he was the guy who was the voice for you, the, the viewer. You know, like it's crazy, but you can do this. We're hanging out with gods, but you can do this. I don't know. That's what I. That's what I'd rather Quicksilver lived. 
Hot take. Agreed. Well, didn't see that coming. But um, <laughs> the studio says the game will have four-player online co-op play. There will be numerous games in the series with a multi-year plan for the narrative. That already sounds bad, actually. I don't like that. Um, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So we're also getting a Marvel Ultimate Alliance game, correct? That, I think, actually almost already came out, or it's coming out very shortly. I thought it was this summer for Switch. <laughs> I think um, it's out already, and I think it I think sucks. It's already Really? I haven't heard actually much about it. I think people were complaining about it. when it, it. No, it's actually not out yet. It comes out July 19th. So we don't know if it sucks. But, um, yeah. So it's... Because I know they've basically planned for this Avengers game that there's going to be lots of downloadable DLC, but it's going to be free. You're going to get characters. You're going to get new levels. You're going to get new missions. So you'll get more. And they've already pretty much hinted that Ant-Man's going to be one of the first ones. Hank Pym. Um, the game is going to be available on PS4, Xbox One, PC, and Google Stadia. And it will be out May 15th, 2020. Um, so really the only problem that people have had with this game so far uh, is that the Avengers look kind of weird because they don't oh, look like get the over Avengers. It. Get I over mean, it. No, I mean, they were kind of ugly. Like Scarlet Witch was kind of like hit with an ugly stick. It was, yeah. Well, I mean, I do agree with Sam on this. Like, if it plays well, it won't matter. Oh, no. I know. If the game is actually good, I don't think it will matter too much. But I mean, at first glance, when, it's, when they first showed it at E3, they do look like I, I kept hear, hearing about Skyrim characters, and yeah, I do see the similarities. No, I mean, I think they look pretty good, honestly. Um, when it was in kind of action, the brief things we saw of like people are how it would look like probably playing it, that looked fine. It was just the kind of talky scenes where it's like you look at the characters in the face and you go, "I know what <laughs> you're supposed to look like. You don't look yeah. like that." It's like <laughs> who? I saw some of the memes running around, and one of the memes was like. You fools! You captured their stunt doubles! You know, it was like... That was basically what they were saying for the Avengers. It's like, these aren't the real Avengers. These are the stunt doubles who play the Avengers. But um, if you are interested in the Avengers, it will be coming to PS4 first. Boo! A beta will be starting there on PS4. So we're not going to have any console wars here. Yeah, not too. <laughs> Although <laughs> Although we can get into the fact that Final Fantasy VII uh, uh, Remake, which was also announced uh, E3, is going to also be coming out, um, I don't remember what they said, next year? I guess next year? Uh, I think part one will be next year. Yeah, that's the part I don't like, actually, the fact that it's going to be uh, multi-part. And Sam, you sound further from your mic, so I'm not sure if something happened. You still sound a little further. Uh-oh, we lost you. So either your mic disconnected and I'm picking you up through your computer one or so check your settings real fast just in case. You're definitely a little softer. No, we lost him. No, no, he's still there. He's just very, very soft. And people are walking in the background and lurking. What a me. what a what would a podcast look like with sign language? You know? It's an interesting thought. The first ever podcast with sign language? We could try, but I, I, I don't know well enough to do anything besides hi. Um, Hello? Hello? You can definitely Hello? hear you. Okay, nice. I'm a little better right there. Better? Better. You're back. Okay. What well, happened? that was a peek behind the curtain. Anyway. <laughs> but yes, Final Fantasy VII Remake is coming out March 3rd, 2020. It will be out on PS4 first. Uh, presumably everything else eventually, after whatever exclusivity period ends. Um, it's going to be split across multiple releases, which I don't love. But, um, and yeah, it's going to come out. The game that they never said, they said they would never make because it's going to bankrupt the company. They have made, 
Um, so we'll see. I gotta, I gotta ask, I gotta ask you, Andrew. Like mm-hmm. you say, you do not like that, but like, would you? I guess the alternative would be to just wait yes. for them to complete the game, which may take another yeah. six years or whatever. Oh uh, yeah, I and you're really. okay with that. See, the problem is, I don't, I don't think it would take six years because you figure this game was split into what four discs when it first came out and i feel like it only had really three distinctive acts uh so you gotta figure you buy this game and if you're lucky when this one comes out it ends at the same place the first disc ended which is probably uh, the battle in midgard and then you riding off on the motorcycle and getting away from the gang yeah after the shinra building yeah yeah after the shinra building so you assume it ends there but it's a much bigger game now so maybe it doesn't end there maybe they end it somewhere sooner because that's a lot of just content to build into this game and then if that's the case is this game going to cost 60 dollars every time they release it and pay well like 180 bucks by the time we're done I, i'm assuming that's going to be the case regardless but like <sighs> yeah. i mean from what they're saying they're they're adding a ridiculous amount of content in addition i mean yeah, do we i mean do we really care that. about that or do we just want the same exact game with prettier graphics. I, I don't. I don't know. I'm just asking. I think the problem is to make the same exact game with prettier graphics. I think they looked at it and said it wasn't worth their time. Um, yeah. So they made a new version of the game, which is basically building off the Final Fantasy 15 and Kingdom Hearts kind of uh, engine, I would say, and built that this game on top of it. You know, rebuilt the game on top of it, which then means they have to add in more things because there's a lot more environment for you to see and interact with. They can't just have a static picture in the background and have you walk across it. Um, so yeah, it's a lot more work. I get that. Is it $180 worth of work that I want to pay for? Mm. For one game that I've played 30 years ago almost? I don't know. Um, I gotta see. I gotta see. But uh, yeah. I may very well be waiting for a collected edition that comes in at a much more reasonable price if it does come out at 60 bucks a pop each time and that could be a harder sell for some people i think um but we'll see i i think most people are probably just going to do what you said like half of the people are going to just play it as soon as it comes out because mm. they're a diehard final fantasy 7 game and they they watch advent children every year as like a religious thing mm-hmm. and like they all have a buster sword in their back room and they just they just really really want to see thing uh really really want to see cloud and the gang and tifa and the gang all over again mm-hmm. but i think i think more responsible game players are going to probably do what you do wait till it all comes out because you got to remember we waited what 10 11 years for kingdom hearts 3 true <laughs> yeah so we're not surprised but... about square enix taking long to do anything true yeah yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. We don't know, and we won't know till May, but I imagine probably by early next year, they'll probably have to start giving us a teaser. It was April? April, I believe, April. yeah. Yeah. Also, I think you're right about the whole, this is it ending right after, after the Shinra building mission. It seems like because... the only good place to end that. Huh? Yeah, it just seems like the only good place to end it. Well, that and the fact that all the inf- all the uh, graphics that we all the uh, teaser clips that we've seen, it's all been either in the city when you're like doing the uh, early avalanche missions, or like him fighting robots like in the Shunder building. So I'm, mm. I think it like I think they're showing us this because that's all the content that they have. Well, I mean that's that's super early on the stuff that that they've kind of shown us. Um, I mean that's literally like the first hour of the game 
Yeah, the first reactor, pretty much, that we've and, seen. Yeah, I mean, that's the, yeah. It's pretty much the first, first stuff. And even the stuff when he meets up with Sephiroth that they did kind of show briefly. Um, that takes place a little bit further in, too. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, if they do it that way, you you got at least a good, I want to say, I don't know, maybe five hours, maybe a little less, maybe a little more, um, to get to that point. Especially if they add in some side stuff that you can do. But, um, yeah, check up the racing! Yeah, I mean, and they got those little side things too, so it's gonna be kind of crazy. Sorry, I'm hearing a noise in the background. One second. People are making noises, I don't like This is the part where you get murdered in the background, and we're all, we find that we're all part of a friended part three. Oh, yeah. gosh. You know, I haven't seen that movie yet. I need to see it. Oh, you gotta see that movie. Unfriended? And Unfriended the Dark Web? Mm-hmm. Definitely watch those movies. Those are great horror movies. It is on the list. I will watch those movies. And last, uh, since we've been trying to talk about games the last couple of weeks, uh, E3, since it happened about a month ago now, almost. If not, yeah, about a month ago. What are your top games from E3? What are you most excited for, guys? Um, ooh, man, that's that's a good question. Right. I mean, um, I think I think obviously for me, I, I'm a big fan of Final Fantasy fan, so Final Fantasy VII is definitely up there for me. So I'm going to be like that other group that you know probably plays, you know, the first episode or whatever it's going to be, be um, right away. Um, I'm kind of, you know, I wasn't interested in Cyberpunk at first because Blasphemer. I'm so used to The Witcher and how it plays, and I was, you know. A part of that minority group just yelling and screaming, like, "Oh, it doesn't look like The Witcher! Like, it's not third person, and all that. It's first person. Like, how are we gonna play a game like this?" But after seeing Keanu Reeves, <laughs> man's an angel. I got chills. We don't deserve him. Um, he's just pure perfection. And you know, after seeing him, I, I think I'm very excited for this game. Actually, in general, I mean, aside from him, just seeing you know the new new trailer. It looks really good. Um, I would agree. What do you you excited for? Me? Yeah, outside of Borderlands 3. (laughs) Well, first and foremost, Borderlands 3 will dominate all. And uh, you should put respect. It's Mr. Borderlands 3. Okay, Mr. (laughs) Borderlands 3. Okay. Okay. Uh, But I have to agree with Ed. Uh, Cyberpunk 77, I mean, 2077, I... I liked it since I saw the trailer because I've always been a big fan of like futuristic tech, robot, cybernetics with future tech. I always love that stuff. It, anything that shows me a very fleshed out version of the like the super technology future, I'm always for. And the first trailer when I saw it was amazing. Plus, I listened to that. I found the song Spoiler. The, the, the name of the song was actually called Spoiler. And I Ooh, was playing that was on my tech that. playlist for like now. It's still on there. And then when I saw this, and then I saw Keanu Reeves with that flowing hair and that cyber arm, and I was just like, and he says, wake up, samurai. I was like, yeah, this is going to be one of those games where I just sit down and just watch. This I believe is- he's playing the AI in your head, actually. So you probably have a lot more Keanu than we think. Even better. Mm-hmm. Even better. Look. You know. Oh, good. Okay. No, sorry. This is, I'm just, these are, this is one of those games where it's going to be a movie where even if I don't play it, I'm definitely going to like, watch the uh cutscene movie because it just looks so crisp 
so clean. Oh my god, yes. I mean, they do such a good job at, at uh, um, CD Projekt uh, Red, but mm-hmm. like going back to the Keanu thing, like I, I don't know if you're gonna, you know, edit this and put some pictures up, but like, have you seen uh, his entrance into E3? And oh, like oh, yeah. how how he takes photos with you know other people and like just with the cosplays in general like every photo that he takes instead of putting his arm around the person <laughs> yes his hand is out he does not touch any side boob whatsoever and he's just a model citizen at these conventions um this is this this guy is just uh, a role model for all he's just perfect. <laughs> You gotta be when you're that famous. They, you know, they they let you touch them, and then they sue you. Yeah, that's that's what I heard somewhere. They just let you yeah. do it. Oh, one other game, uh, mm-hmm. Pokemon Shield and Sword. Oh, yeah, that's gonna be good too. Yeah, this may be yeah. the first Pokemon game I play. Yeah. What? I've never played a Pokemon game. Oh, I don't know Andrew. how you made it. I've like, how do you? I've never. Come on, man. I've never owned Every... one. I've never played one. Poke... Not even Red and Blue. I've never played one. Andrew, you you of all people would have a like a like a copy of it somewhere. I can say my little brother probably owned it, but I never played it. Oh, he did. I do remember that. <laughs> he did, but I that's a did. shame. That yeah, played. I never played it. I never actually picked it up and played it. I don't, you know. I just know Ash and the Pokemon theme song and Pikachu. And that's about all I know. No. <laughs> I mean, I haven't kept up with all the Pokemon because no one has time for that when you hit past like twenty six. But I, I definitely still love the franchise. I see, I see what it does and see that it always pushes the envelope. I, I put not push the envelope, but always expands on the stuff. Uh, I don't like that. It, I don't. I like the fact that this is going to be a console game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Switch is very is very much blurring the line between console and handheld. But I like that this is going to have a, like console meatiness to it, so that way we can see it more flushed out and see all the stuff that goes with it. And like, there's going to be like new things you could do. Yeah, potential for DLC. I mean, like, yeah, you don't have to buy other versions if they keep adding Pokemon to the one that you have. I hope that's the case. Yeah, potentially, although there still is two versions coming out. But um... yeah, that's true. That's true. So that, that's just standard practice for Pokemon. There's, it's always a, there's always a black, a white, a diamond, a pearl, out, so a this silver, year, and gold. Just, uh, November fifteenth, so it'll be out this year. Yeah. So yeah, Pokemon is coming. Uh, that's a good pick. Let's see, my pick, definitely Final Fantasy, which will take me a little longer to play since I don't play season. Uh, definitely the Avengers. Because, you know, good Avengers game would be great. Uh, funny enough, um, outside of Gears of War 5, because I enjoyed Gears of War's 4 story, and that's coming out in September, uh, Fantasy Star Online 2. That is a pick for me. You're going to enjoy that. I, Those are some great games in general. I, I haven't heard series. that name in, I want to say, at least a decade. So you had a Dreamcast? Uh, briefly. There you go. So, uh, Power, <laughs> shout out to people who play Power Stone. There shout out go. to y'all. There you go. Well, it's coming to America for the first time uh, officially in spring 2020. It's coming to Xbox One and PC, um, possibly Switch. Uh, it's going to be free to play. It came out in Japan seven full years ago. And um, I spent far too much time on the Dreamcast playing Fantasy Star Online way, way, way into the night during college and other times when I literally had to take a laptop, plug it into the console have the laptop, mm-hmm. then hooked up to my cable modem to get cable connection 
to the Dreamcast, and so I could play Fantasy Star Online with a perfect cable connection that would not crap out on me and keep everything lag-free. Those it was were a hell of a setup. Yes. When you I mean, had to Frankenstein your your console and your machine just yeah. to get a quality game. Basically, yeah. I spent way too much time playing Fantasy Star back then, and I kind of want to do it now, even though I know I'm not going to have even close to enough time to do uh, yeah, Fantasy Star is one I'm excited for. Um, outside of Borderlands, outside of you know Zelda and you know some other stuff like that, they all look, there's a lot of good crap coming in. I'm not gonna have time to play half of it, but yeah, I think those are my picks. Fantasy Star is probably the big one for whatever reason, just for nostalgia's sake. Because if you learned anything from pro wrestling, nostalgia can sell you anything. <laughs> That's why Hulk Hogan keeps getting to come back to the ring, even though you know. He's not always a fan of those gentlemen of the hip-hop nature hanging out with his daughter. Well, he's got no control over Brooke, so... Uh, I mean, he might have control over Brooke. She's not making any money, so he's probably, you know, he's probably still getting some money from her father to survive, especially after, you know, his big lawsuit won. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Hulkamania ran wild. Sure did. No, <laughs> corporate interest ran wild, but we're going to get did. off the... That's a different podcast. <laughs> it's the same. Although I thought about talking about wrestling and adding it to our podcast tonight, since WWE did some interesting things this week. Um, just as a quick aside, because you know, why not? We're talking, and uh, I'm just gonna put the timestamp in. So I remember when we talked about this. So WWE, they did interesting things this week. If you uh, grew up in the '90s watching WWE or WWF, as it was known then, and the WCW. Uh, they were at war for about 82 weeks until the WWE finally started to win. And uh, Are you talking about Invasion? No, no, no. Invasion happened after they won, and then they pretended there was an invasion. Uh, during the 82 weeks that WWE was losing in the ratings to WCW and having their talent stolen from them, uh, WCW was kicking their ass. But after that, they turned it around and suddenly won, and they never lost in the ratings again after the, those 82 weeks. But... Um, WCW was run by Eric Bischoff, WWE was Vince McMahon, and eventually Vince won and bought the company. What's going on right now is that their ratings have been dropping horribly for the last year or so. They have not been doing very well, and they have a big deal coming up this year with Fox, where SmackDown is actually going to be on Fox TV. Whoa. Whoa. Yes, this fall, in September, October, uh, SmackDown moves to Channel 5. Wow. On Tuesday nights, I believe. So it'll be primetime wrestling on public TV. Wow. Yeah, it's about a billion-dollar deal WWE got to get their show on there. So that's a lot of fans. But their ratings have not been doing well lately. And so people are beginning to get nervous that they will not be able to deliver when they get to primetime TV. Uh, Needless to say, that has forced Vince to make some changes. Uh, One being that Paul Heyman of ECW has been put in charge of Raw, second only to Vince McMahon. He started this Monday. And he is the, you know, unless Vince uh, says anything about it, he is the guy running Monday Night Raw now. And the, the father of ECW. And Eric Bischoff is going to be the guy starting next month after this uh, pay-per-view uh, this month. He's going to be running SmackDown. Oh, no. So Vince's two former greatest competitors are now running his shows. Answering only to him. And they call all the shots. Is this a scripted plot no, no, or this an actual is, thing? This is legit. They're not even appearing on TV as owners. They are just appearing as whatever characters they have to play. They run the scenes behind the scenes. 
So what is Trip and Steph doing? Triple H will continue to run NXT, which he's been doing for a while, which is their new homegrown brand, and he's been running that successfully by himself. And Stephanie will continue doing, I guess, other business-related things and helping out in various aspects of the company because she's not actually been running any of the shows. She just works, I guess, probably a little bit in everything, like Vince. So what are we what are we expecting from the, from this? Is Raw going to turn into more of an extreme show? Is uh, SmackDown going to end up? You know, closer to what WCW was. Is the great Sabu going to come back since we got Paul Heyman? Possibly. Well, here's the thing. Uh, Watching it this Monday, it was the best Raw that I'd seen in months. Um, It felt it felt they they had a definite change in their feeling. The way they presented matches, the way they they started the show, the way the cameras were looking. They are trying to make a fundamental difference because basically, because these shows are going to be on different channels now, USA and Fox. The channels want different shows. They want their own stars. They want different shows. They don't want crossover. So arguably, they have to now legitly compete with each other. They can't pretend to be split and do this pretend brand split, but break it whenever they want for the the sake of rules. They have to actually legitly follow these things. They can't just flip-flop because it could affect either show, and if shows are affected, they're screwed. Yes. Does this mean they're still going to do the draft or no? They'll probably do the draft every year still at WrestleMania or at something. But then they'll probably do a good job at keeping the draft separate. So as not to, you know, fuck with ratings on one channel or the other too much. Hmm. Yeah, needless to say, uh, wrestling was very interesting on Monday. Uh, I heard it wasn't too different again on Tuesday. They incorporated a change or two, I think. But um, like I said, Eric Bischoff hasn't taken full charge of SmackDown yet. And it sounds like he's really being put there. Because he has more experience dealing with TV executives, as when he worked with WCW, he was reporting to Ted Turner and the TBS TNT executives at the top of the chain. Now that SmackDown's going to Fox, he's going to be the guy who also interacts with those TV executives there. Because if anything, he has the most experience dealing with big uh, television broadcaster mucky mucks. So it's going to be Rupert Murdoch? Um... I don't know if Rupert Murdoch still owns Fox. I guess he does, right? He owns, he owns Fox channel, News. I think. He owns a channel. Just the properties. I, that was what Disney bought. A lot of those properties, I guess. Yeah. Well, can I add a little caveat to this? I mean, mm-hmm. this is just another perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to what's going on, um, as we all know, the XFL is making a return. There's that too. Vince's attention and is going to be pulled very soon. Yeah. So what, what I'm what I'm seeing here another side of this is that he may be just trying to give his full attention to this this time yeah as opposed to what happened last time since it was it wasn't crash and burn but i mean it it ended fairly poorly and um, it had a short lifespan lifespan so you know with these two guys heading these two different sides of the company Mm -hmm. and then triple h running nxt he can sort of like give his full focus Mm -hmm. to the xfl and try to help it succeed yeah, as many people said, they were surprised it wasn't Triple H, but it's always going to be Triple H in the end, because again, he's in the family. So if the family is going to run the business till the end of time, Triple H doesn't have to take over on SmackDown now. As long as it's there when he's ready, he can take it over then. In the meantime, he can't fail at NXT because it's a smaller thing, and it's succeeding. So as long as he keeps succeeding there, on the, you know, the show they put on their network and give away for free practically... He's fine. He continues yep. to develop new talent for the company that eventually comes to the main roster, and they use for whatever they want. 
He's doing a great job at that. Um, so Does yeah. this mean that the two things? One, uh, will they be? Deli- Does this mean they're going to be a show to develop talent for the XFL? <laughs> uh, I guess it'll depend on how uh, successful the first like, season is. You mean like a tough enough type? I was literally about ball. to be tough enough. Yes. Mm, interesting. And two, this is. Don't you think this is kind of risky with the with the whole CTE thing being more mainstream? We're going to pick on a more violent football. Uh, Vince is so old school, man. Like, I don't think he cares about that too much, to be honest it's with good you. shit. Don't get hurt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, he tried the whole, you know, super physical football style, you know, last time. I think he's going to change things around this time uh, to make it closer to what the NFL is. Um, just yeah, because. I think I heard that. But when it's going to air is going to be the NFL's offseason. Yeah. So they're just trying to expand football um, as a year-round sport instead it. of a six-month sport. You you and, of course, all this WWE stuff also comes on the heels of the AEW show coming to uh, TNT. Which is this good, fall. right? It's supposed AEW to be really is good. pretty good. It's yeah. pretty good so far. But that's um, basically a rival promotion being uh, funded by Tony Khan. Tony Khan is the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is a legit billionaire. Um, his son and Cody Rhodes, uh, Dusty Rhodes and Dustin Rhodes, Goldust's younger brother, uh, is running it. Um, they've put on a couple pay-per-views. Uh, they've been met with pretty rave reviews. And um, they have a major TV deal in TNT this fall. So they will be on primetime as well with you know tons of coverage from basketball and other things that run on TNT promoting them. Um, uh, they're not going head-to-head with WWE. They're going to be on a night that they're not. So that will at least lead to them being the full attention of whatever audience tunes in as opposed to being split the audience. And, uh, yeah, Vince is getting pummeled from a couple sides. He's got to, he had to make some changes and they made some changes. Is AEW a travel show? It's going to travel around. I believe when they start, they will be in different places. They won't stick. It's not going to be like TNA where they stick into one place. They're actually going to move around because TNA still exists. And most people forget that's a case. And a, uh, do they, um, you said that they don't have, all year round it's going to be like no they may be all year round still AEW they haven't they haven't said if they're going to do like an off season but they seem to realize that if they can get the talent there's no need to run the talent all the time kind of like WWE is you know and that's what WWE actually kind of feels like they were maybe starting to realize even Monday because they had two wrestlers who nobody had seen in a year on the show like wrestling that night who popped up out of nowhere which was Maria and uh, Mike Kanellis who, I don't know, they signed with WWE like two years ago and they've been on TV like a handful literally of times and haven't been seen forever. And they put them on the show. So it feels like maybe Paul Heyman's realizing like we have a lot of stars. If we use some of these guys and don't use the big stars every night, we can prolong their life a little bit. You know, it's and, not... And maybe develop some of the not-so-well-known stars. Exactly. More time. And oh my God, Maria Kanellis, she, she, she cut a promo on Monday night that just destroyed her husband. But it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. And unfortunately, she may not kind of any more promos like that again because apparently she's pregnant. And the funny thing is they came to the company and she got pregnant shortly after they came to the company. So she was out for like nine months. And then they just recently re-signed a new deal for five years. Oh, my God. For about, I think, $500,000 a year. Because WB is trying to lock talent down so they don't leave to go to AEW. And now she just announced she's pregnant again in this storyline that happened. 
and it's apparently legit, but it's kind of hilarious because it's like they just signed this deal, so clearly WWD and they they didn't do their physicals correctly because they did not find out she was pregnant before they signed her this deal. They just signed her. Oh, you foolish fools! I I, I I'm it's like it's one of those cases where I'm just impressed because they they con this company. They don't even have to wrestle because they don't get put on TV. They get paid five hundred thousand dollars a year to sit at home. She's gonna have another kid, and in five years they'll they'll be like millionaires. And they wouldn't, they'd be like the fittest wrestlers in the world. Like, oh, we barely hurt our bodies at all. We're great. We can wrestle whenever we want to, whenever we want. And we still have money to pay for our kids and all this stuff. I'm still hot. I look great. And just, but yeah, she cut this promo on her, on her husband where he lost a match against Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch. She was supposed to fight Becky Lynch and she got into the ring and she's like, I can't fight you. I'm pregnant. I can't do this. And the husband was like, this and that. And he's like, you're pregnant. You're pregnant. And it's like, she's like, I don't know how I'm pregnant because I'm married to a person like you. And clearly, you can't do the job. Maybe next time I need to get pregnant again, I'll talk to Becky Lynch since she's the man and she can impregnate me herself. And it was just like, oh my God, I feel so terrible for this guy. He's in the ring and his wife is saying these things. But it was the greatest promo ever. It was like, oh, it's like, holy shit, this is what they've been missing. This is this is fierce. So it, it was just hilarious. I, I strongly suggest finding it. It's probably on YouTube somewhere. Maria Canellis got some crazy room on her husband, and everyone felt bad. It was just rough. Well, that'll be added to my watch later. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since we've now hit uh, hour and nine minutes, let's go to our reviews. So, uh, Sam, I read The Walking Dead last issue. That came out today. The very last issue of The Walking Dead. We only found out earlier this week that this issue was going to be the last issue. Robert Kirkman uh, pulled a gimmick on us and did not announce this to anyone. He did not promote this. He put out fake... Uh, previews for future issues and then this week before it came out he said nope this week's issue is the last issue writing this the book it's not happening anymore so i read it and i'm assuming you read it yeah so i'll let you go first because i i've read the walking dead periodically and not all the time but i read it today you know I, I gotta be honest when i first heard about all this i was just like what is kirkman doing this is game of thrones all over again you can't just end a series like that did he just run out of ideas what's going on i'm so upset I read the issue, I read the letter afterwards, and I'm okay with this. I'm actually okay with this, because he came up with some good points. One, he did run out with, run out some ideas, but not in the way you think, because he always wanted to make it 300 um, issues. He had this idea in his head it was always going to be 300 issues. And then like somebody brought him something at, on issue 142, and he realized that he only had maybe like another 50 plus issues in his head to get to the point where he wanted to get because he always knew how he wanted to end it and like he actually had to know how the journey was going to get there and he was just trying to figure out well maybe i should add this maybe i add this put another compendium worth of stuff which is like another 48 issues worth of stuff and he couldn't find anything that would fit and he said it all everything he came up with felt like filler and that was one of those signs he knew that he had to end the series so he decided to just end it on his own terms and finishing out the way he wanted it to, which ended up being 193 issues, seven shy of 200. Mm -hmm. But he was just like, this is, this is, uh, he always likes long movies because you get, you lose track of time on when you're watching it and you don't know when it's going to end. And when it does end, that's when you like, you're like, oh, wow, this is just so like, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see the ending coming. And he kind of wanted to do the same thing with the series. So he ended it abruptly and like hit it and like, put a whole bunch of, uh, I, I can't pronounce the word, opuscunity. The word that means that he hit it well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I can't say it. I'm trying to think. I know what you're thinking of. Yeah. 
but, obfuscation or something. I don't know. I, yes. I can't, I can't say it now. Right. I mean, is it all right if I spoil it? I don't know how many people are actually reading The Walking Dead anymore. I, I feel well, like I'm like um, one of three. We'll just say right now, if you're going to read the book and you don't want to be spoiled, you may want to jump ahead to the next uh, marker on our time marker because we're going to start now. Okay, so if you didn't know the issue before that, Rick Grimes died. Okay, so like he uh, he got shot by Carl himself. Well, he was no, he was killed by a character that we were literally bred to hate. So it's kind of it's kind of fitting. And he killed Rick, and then he came back as a walker. Carl came in to like you know pretty much get his like take his dad out to go get pancakes, and he saw that his dad was a walker, shot him on reflex because that's what you do when you see a walker, you shoot them, and then look down, and then a lot of stuff happened. The killer was brought to justice. He wasn't killed. He was put in prison for, like, the rest of his life. And Carl literally broke down at the end of the issue with Michonne, and he was just like, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. And we were just like, wow, they killed Rick. I can't believe it. That's a monumental thing. And then they were going to say, this is this next issue. And so we were like, okay. And he said in the letters that, like, you know, we weren't. there's, there's more story to tell. There's more stuff that's happening. And it made it sound like there was not going to be a new issue. And then we get this issue, and... It's a flash. I, I want to say maybe 20 years into the future. 20, yeah, years? I think it's only about 20 years or so. Yeah, and it just takes off right where we have Carl, and he has a family of his own. He's even paired up with someone completely different than who we thought to, which, I mean, I feel is a perfect, I think it's a better fit, but, like, because we, we knew this kid. This is Sophie. It's his one of his childhood friends. He's paired up with her. And, like, he he has a kid. He named up his mom, and his dad is revered as this great person. And, like, you get to see how all these characters went forward and like they call the time period in which they were first trying to build like you know when zombies first happened and like everything was trying was still up in the air and people were being eaten by zombies and all that stuff and before they made this uh, community they call it the trial and like that's how uh that's how they refer to it then there's actually kids that don't remember how things used to be before you know you know used to be as in zombies before because there there's, hasn't been a, apparently a walker attack in their community in 10 years that's how far they've gotten which is what i've always wanted because i i love the thing about the walking dead is that they didn't explain where the vet where the zombie virus came from they just zombies just happened and we just following these people as they try to rebuild their society and where we left off they did it they didn't like there's not stopping they're still improving like uh one of their characters is trying to create a train uh railroads that connect both east and west together. yeah, yeah. And like, but that's what I wanted to see. I wanted to see them progress and do all this stuff. They skipped a bunch of, they jumped ahead a bunch of the stuff, but they jumped ahead like, you know, like in a way where I thought they were going to jump ahead. And after reading the letter and after reading how it ends, which uh, it ends with Carl, you find out Carl has been reading a story to his daughter this entire time. He's on a rocking chair and she's like, read it again. It's almost to tell the reader to read the story again from the beginning. I'm not mad i'm a little sad because the, show, the series is over but i'm not mad i think kirkman actually explained well why he did it and i think with all these shows that we've seen before that like i always said six seasons should be enough i think if you pulled it up to 300 i would really hate the series i know a lot of people fell off because they just got tired you said it yourself andrew yeah. that you didn't like you you just didn't care anymore. it was just the same thing yeah yeah you didn't care anymore but i think ending it the way he did well ending it at least here it's better than letting it go to 300 and it'd be a bloating mess and I'd be like, I just can't wait for this thing to be over. Yep. So, that's my take on it. I agree. I agree. Are you still watching The Walking Dead? 
Oh no, <laughs> stop watching a long time ago. Um, yeah, no. it got a little repetitive for me. That's uh, the and, thing. Yeah, you know, it, it's. Do you remember when like Twilight came out and there was this huge vampire craze? You know, Ew. every movie had vampires in it, and every TV show had vampires in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's what it felt like with The Walking Dead. So yeah, I kind of stopped that for a while. There was definitely a zombie craze after that blew up. They had warm bodies, which was a rom com with zombies. That yeah, there you okay, go. Though. Actually, kind of wasn't terrible. It was an interesting idea. The power of love could create zombies. No, bring back their human minds and emotions. They could they could reverse it. No, that's a stupid idea. You would have to bone a zombie. That's gross. <laughs> I mean, someone out there for everyone. <laughs> Is that necrophilia if they can move? Still dead, right? I think it's still necrophilia. It's just like I mean, it's living dead. So maybe not. It's living dead. Hmm. It's uh, I don't know what the word would be. Necro something. Yeah. I don't know. Not quite, but maybe partially. Yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I read the book too. Um, the Walking Dead ending. I, I was satisfied with it uh, for the most part. I'm still the type of person who wants to know the what's and the whys and the who's behind every mystery. Uh, so that always kind of bugs me when I don't know. Um, but it's fine. I mean, it's literally like they, they did end it in a perfectly logical way. Um, you know, the world continued to go on. Maybe no one will ever understand why this happened or how it happened or why it may continue. But the world eventually got over it. The world eventually got to a certain point where they could survive and do what they had to do. And... You know, it wasn't the same slog anymore, where people were just fighting for no reason and just trying to survive. They figured out a way to survive. Now they're surviving. Again, like you said, you know, people were surviving so well that people didn't even realize there was danger anymore, even though the danger was still there, just not anywhere near them at this point. Um, so, yeah, it, like I said, Kirkman tends to wrap up his books pretty well. Um, he wrapped up Invincible well. He wraps up this well. And I'm sure there's one or two other things I haven't read of his that, you know, he's a writer who definitely goes into, I think, everything he writes with a game plan of how he wants it to go, beginning, middle, end. And for the most part, if he doesn't know, he just gets to the end and he, he closes it out there and it's good to go. So, um, yeah, Walking Dead is over. Hopefully the TV show ends soon because it probably needs to. It does. It feels yeah. like it runs into the Game of Thrones problem where the creators of it. Uh, aren't writing the scripts for them anymore and they don't really quite know what to do to keep it interesting. Well, Walking Dead, they, they kind of already shot themselves in the foot because they went off a script, like, early. Yeah, well, like, they up. That was a problem. They were burning well, through stuff fast. Well, no, they, like, when I say, like, they went off script, I mean, like, they killed characters they shouldn't have killed. They oh, put, yeah. put characters they shouldn't have put together and then they just kind of just kept, like, McShone and Rick are together in the series, and Andrea died, like, way early, and, like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of other stuff they did that they shouldn't have did anyway, so it's like, like, I mean, Daryl is not even a freaking character. He's never shown up. He's never been a character. True, but to be fair, he is the most popular one on the TV show, so. Still, though, this is the show based off of killing people, because the death, threat of death is everywhere. Kill off Daryl. He's not... A character in the so comic killed off Rick first. That's I still don't understand why they did that. No, no. You know, they didn't Rick, really kill him off. They, they just made him go in a helicopter. He can only he can only say call so many times. Call, <laughs> call. 
Yeah, I don't know. After a while, you want to grow. You want to grow. He had to leave. He had to leave. But, uh, so, do we talk about this to wrap it up? Um, I'll just throw it in there. Marvel's new hero, Arrow, uh, protector of Shanghai. She has wind powers. She can control the wind and things and stuff. So she's not Storm, because it's just wind. But uh, Marvel basically seems to have an initiative. They're creating a lot of Asian characters uh, with the agents of Atlas, Arrow, and a few others that I can't recall. Uh, White Fox, I believe, is one. That's the South Korean superhero. Um, I assume it's because Marvel's been filming a lot more things in South Korea and China, and they definitely just want to uh, kind of pierce that market a little bit more. I'm all for it, because more new characters from different locales other than New York. So it's interesting. Yeah. First issue came out today. Um, nothing mind-blowing. Um, you know, average. But I mean, uh, it's 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 interesting. It's got a different style. It feels a little bit anime-ish, manga-ish in the style, too. Well, I it, mean, I mean, Asia's a pretty big market, so I mean, that all makes sense. I mean, of course. And if you're doing um, movies shot over there frequently, where they, they are doing it, um, you have to make these characters because if you make these characters and they work, you can add them to movies. And if you can add them to movies, these characters sell the movies over there even more so because they're now native characters. Um, just Were like the agents? Shang Chi. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Were the agents of Atlas in this issue too, or did you see it? No? Um, not in this issue. No, they weren't in this. Uh, they do have a secondary story, which kind of calls back to it, where basically they're all getting medals for their their protecting the you know the eastern part of the world from uh, all the stuff in the War of the Realms and one of the characters isn't there it's the hero from the Philippines I forget the character's name um, but yeah Arrow goes looking for her and then you get the f- character from the Philippines origin because she controls water and you find out she was part of basically a Filipino superhero team called what was it called something guard and um, they basically kicked her out because when they first meet her she is working with a villainous organization and she doesn't know they're villains and she tries to protect them from the the triumph division that's what they're called the triumph division so she ends up joining the triumph division but she gets kicked out of the triumph division for apparently abandoning her post during the war of the realms and now they want some of her articles back like her swords and armor and um yeah so she's about to be fighting the red feather with arrow as he shows up to take her stuff and claims she's all alone so Arrow's there with her and ready to do battle against this guy Red Feather who's the leader of the Triumph Division I think her name is Pearl Pengun that's what they call her Pearl Pengun so yeah mm. yeah she's Wave aka Pearl Pengun oh so her name is Pearl Pengun so she's got a double name and her name is Wave there you go oh okay like Peter Parker but Pearl Pengun um but yeah so Arrow's fun and we'll see how that goes. It has some kind of anime vibes. It has a city that has tentacles coming down out of the sky. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's some, there's some, there's some anime stuff uh, involved there. Um, and the last thing, so this is about Spider-Man Far From Home. And yeah, this can be considered a spoiler, but I'm not going to talk about everything. All I'm going to say is there are two post credit scenes in the movie. Um, they apparently both uh, rock the bedrock of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They are bigger than any cinematic scenes we've ever had in any of the movies. That's just what I'm going to say, so you understand the gravity of this. They are bigger than any scene that has ever ended a Marvel movie at the end of it. Can I ask, does it involve one of my favorite Marvel characters ever? We're going to get to that, and we'll see if that's the case. 
But what I'm going to say right now is what I'm not going to talk about the scenes. I'm not going to talk about the content of the scenes. Okay. I'm going to talk about a character that is returning to the Marvel Universe in one of the scenes. I'm not going to talk about what they do. I'm not going to talk about what is said or anything. I'm just going to talk about the character and the actor playing this character who are now joining the Marvel Cinematic Universe officially. And uh, at this point in time, if this is where you want to stop listening, you may jump to the end of our show because now I'm going to talk about this guy and I'm going to name him. So, in one of the two post-credit scenes for Spider-Man Homecoming, we are reunited with J. Jonah Jameson. As played by J.K. Simmons. Which is how it's supposed to be freaking done. Man 1, 2, and 3. I'm so excited. What does this mean? No, hold up, hold up. Hold I dreamed up. so many dreams about this for so many years. And people told me okay. it would never happen. Okay. And it came true. I can't say. Are we getting Are we getting a Spider-Verse movie? Like a real, real Spider-Verse movie? I could hope. I, I could, could hope. freaking hope. Here's... I think this is more like fans were just like, yo... We need a J. Jonah Jameson's. You should get recast J.K. Simmons. He was like, but he was a Sam Raimi's Jonah James Jameson. No one like, cares. He's perfect. Whatever you have to do to finagle it in there, don't make it a cameo. Make him the proper J. Jonah Jameson. I don't care. Just do it. And there, everyone's just like, but we don't know. Just do it. J.K. Simmons will do it. Right, J.K. Simmons? James was like, I mean, I'm playing Commissioner Gordon, but I don't really think this is going to work out here. Yeah, yeah no, no, not. no. Come home. Come on. Come home. Come home. So you want to be You want to be J. Right. Jonah Jameson. So I know two things about him. One... Um, he doesn't look exactly the same. I believe his he has no hair. Either he's still bald, like he's been appearing for a while, or uh, he has very shorter hair. It's not the traditional Jonah hair, so his hair doesn't look the same. I assume he still has the same Hitler mustache, because I don't say you do Jameson without at least that. Um, he's got to have the tiny mustache. But two, he seems to be more like J. Jonah Jameson from the Spider-Man animated series, where instead of being on a newspaper, he's on TV. Okay. He's like the J. Jonah who's yelling about Spider-Man on TV. He's a menace and he's on big screens or whatever, you know, and everybody's watching him. Kind of sounds like, he kind of seems like Rush Limbaugh from what I've been reading. That's what they said. Kind of Alex Jonesy, Rush Limbaugh kind of conspiracy theory, J. Jonah Jameson. Um, Like I said, I'm not going to say what he's talking about because that is also huge. Yeah. And the next post credits after that, which are, there's a second post credit scene. That's huge too. But what he's talking about about is. We'll let we'll wait till next week. We'll let people have a week. Okay. <laughs> and right. since since Ed doesn't know either, we'll let Ed see it this weekend. All he'll be prepared for now is the fact I'll that he's going to see this guy. Yeah. We're, the spo- we're the spoiler boys. We don't we, care we're about the spoiler this. Boys. We do this. But we don't give a crap about this. But <laughs> we'll let we'll let Ed find out what what his appearance means tomorrow. All that he's all he's got to know is that this is coming. He's going to see him. But otherwise. The true pleasure of a movie comes from the journey, not the destination. <laughs> you know, yeah, mostly. But, you know, some people uh, take offense, so we warn them. But, um, yeah, I'm excited, because it's, it's, it's fucking Jonah, like Spider-Man. Like, this is, you need this. This this guy has to Yeah, be I can't wait. I mean, honestly, you know, we haven't seen him in the last movie. We didn't see a hint of him in... Uh, he hasn't been in the last three. Or, or anything like that, so... He um, hasn't been it, in the universe since it started he hasn't been in the last three spider-man movies with amazing right. and uh homecoming one so yeah it's kind of a it's a decent deal if they brought him in and now he's gonna pop up here and maybe in a few other marvel movies man i think we're going down a rabbit hole because <laughs> honestly they can literally bring back toby mcguire they can bring back oh. andrew garfield 
and oh, no. they could make a decent spider spider verse movie. Yes. Yeah. And it, it would be incredible. And it they would, could introduce Miles. They could introduce Miles because Miles absolutely. is technically still in this universe. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean they've they've they have the proof. They've made a Spider Verse animated movie. They know that it's you know, they know it can be successful. It's won an Oscar. You know, it's it's regarded as probably one of the best Spider Man movies ever made, if not the best now. Um I would, I, would Marvel, I don't I don't see Marvel being blind to this. You know, if this were DC Comics, I'd say, well, they're never going to do it because they're going to look at it and go, "Eh, we already did it, so we want to do it again." I could see Marvel going, "Okay, we can do this differently. We can do this closer to the comic. We can do this another way, but we can do this because why would we not? We have real actors. We can do this better, and we have I other, mean, you know, we have other Spider-Man actors. We can bring them in too. We can do this." They would pay Tony to, uh, Toby to put on the suit, and Toby oh. would put on the suit. <laughs> Oh, Toby and Andrew Garfield will put on the suit. Yeah, I mean, and, suits, and and what does Mysterio say in the trailers? He says he's from a different universe. I mean, like, yeah. it's all there. It's all there. It yeah, just no. the, the groundwork is laid to do this if they want to do this. Um, I don't think it would happen, obviously, in the next Spider-Man movie. I think no. it would be maybe, you know, a four or five, maybe six. I think it would. Ha- it might very well be, you know, the next trilogy of Spider-Man movies because honestly, it would be a huge story to tell. Um, I think I don't think you could do ne- it in one. You'd have to do at least two. Yes. I think the next villain, I'm calling it now, mm-hmm. I think the next villain might be Scorpion. <sighs> Simply because if they're introducing J. Jonah Jameson now, J. Jonah Jameson mm-hmm. is the reason why Scorpion becomes a thing, and he's used to basically stop True. Spider-Man. I can see that. I yeah, think right, they, might right. go, they might go Scorpion. Okay, but could you see then them just going Sinister Six with J. Jonah Jameson being behind the Sinister Six? See, I, I that's what I was initially going to say, but I for some reason think that they're not going to go Sinister Six so quickly. I think they're going to wait. Like, maybe that might be Spider-Man 4, so that's the reason why we want to go see Spider-Man 4. Okay, maybe. The thing is, um, and we're not gonna, like I said, we're not going to talk about what happens... Um, during the movie, because again, there's massive ramifications for these post-credit scenes. Massive ramifications. Massive. I don't, I don't even want to speculate about it right now, uh, actually, out loud, because it's just it's hard to speculate about without saying it outright. And you know Scorpion what? might Scorpion might be the easiest thing. I'm not even certain how that works. Still, going on how this movie's going to end. I don't know. I don't know how any of those things really work. Going how it's going to end. It's it's going to be really weird the next movie. It's going to yeah. any movie that he appears in after this is going to be really weird. So it's I don't know. We may have to just <laughs> we have to just end yeah. There. I think <laughs> you guys are, I'm on a ledge right now. Oh, I, I'm almost tempted to say, "Hey, we might need to make a petting zoo about this and after a couple of days." Uh yeah, we'll have to do Actually, a short no. segment and just talk straight about this only and only this <laughs> yeah, short episode. Like, because we might nearly have to do for like that post credit scenes though. Mm. That will be the title because like You said you're going tomorrow, right? Yeah, I'm going tomorrow morning. Okay, you can tomorrow text morning. me tomorrow after you say it. Because <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hit us uh, back with like holy hamburgers. Yeah. Well, uh, I'm excited. Well, my my other friend Andrew did see it uh tonight and he basically sent me uh, a text like my face was just like Ooh, when I saw it. He's like, You were right. I'm like, Yeah. Yeah, it was it was a little ridiculous. And he also said this has the best action scenes out of any of them. 
and uh, yeah, just some other stuff. And that the audience started clapping when J.K. Simmons popped up, and his girlfriend had no idea. She's like, "Why are they clapping?" And it's like, "You don't know." This is beautiful. See, <laughs> and 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 I I don't I don't. I just I just want to thank the universe because I I, I I was asking for this for years, and it yes. came true. That's what I'm talking about, and I don't. Again, I don't ah. want to be a, a Marvel Disney fanboy. I don't want to give him a dick flute solo and say, you know, <laughs> but like, this is the shit that I'm talking about. Marvel understands how to keep the fans happy by giving them little, like, by giving good writing, awesome scenes, and then doing like little fanboy, pleasing the fanboys with little sprinkles of stuff. You just that was getting J.K. Simmons to come back wasn't as hard as they said it was wouldn't be that hard i no. guarantee you it wasn't that hard and mm-hmm. it was but think about how much how happy everyone is now mm-hmm. is that he's just gonna be part of his universe again mm-hmm. not just the fans but the actor himself and everyone around it everyone was saying how great of a jay jones genesis he was right. and wishing they could grab him back and disney listened to that and was mm-hmm. just like you know what will make everyone well, happy and probably make him watch another we'll just grab like, him we just get it back and it was exactly. like, well, won't it fuck up the storyline? No, fuck it. Just throw them in there. Yeah. Has it gotten to the point where they can do no wrong? I don't have, know. We, have we gotten there, or are we still sort of skeptical? I want to see what happens in the external, with the Eternals. That's the only one I can't say. Because yeah. I Eternals. can't see shit, but they made Guardians of the Galaxy work, and that had a talking raccoon and a talking tree. Yep. Uh, point made. Yep. All right. Well, then that might be as good a place as I need to wrap it up since we've gone about an hour and a half. So, again, this is the Review Zoo. We are a part... Oh, hell, we are the originator of the Rapture Press Network. We are the original podcast that existed on this channel. You can find more of our podcasts at rapturepress.com. We are joined by uh, Mike and Mike, who do Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, where they talk about movies every week, or every other week, that they go to see, and they've watched at home, or on TV, or in the theaters. They also do another podcast called The Complete Works, which is just about them uh, reviewing every Nicolas Cage movie that's ever come out. So they watch all of them, and they talk about them. And right now they're up to movie 70, like, 8 of Nicolas Cage's career. Yeah, man, it gets work. Yes. <laughs> they are slowly closing in on the end, though. I think there's only about 20 more movies to go. So Oh, my God. <laughs> they'll probably finish it before he finishes making movies, obviously. So they'll continue. He's no Keanu. He's no Keanu. <laughs> well, they still have to pick who they're going to jump to next when he finishes. So that's the next thing. But And also we have on our other network is a podcast from a lovely young lady that Ed and I both know named Cheryl, whose podcast is Kick-Ass Biz Bitches, where she basically gives uh, career advice to women entrepreneurs who are trying to start their career. She interviews some of them. She talks to them. She gets their advice. She gets their, their stories. Let's see how you helps you make your decisions and figure out how you want to do what you want to do. So she's a life coach and other things. So uh, you can listen to both of those, the Rapture Plus Network, and all of them can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to your podcasts. And mostly, of course, anchor.fm. But mostly, just go to rapturepress.com, and you'll see them there. So thank you again, Edlin Gerard, for joining us tonight. It was good to have a nice, long conversation with you. Thanks, Ed. He's, he's shooting invisible webs at us. You can't see it, you can't hear it, but it's, it's there, and Sam's dodging. He's, he's caught in the webs, in the sticky, sticky webs. <laughs> I'm just talking. That's all. So, I'm Andrew McDonald. And I'm Sam Harbour. And I'm Ed Gerard. And this has been the Review Zoo. So, we will see you all later. And I'm going to play a theme music that they can't hear. 